And yeah. I think, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this this weekend and this week. Uh, and I almost think that some Christians think that way because they're used to it not being, or maybe they think that it's not really a grace thing, right? Mm, and yeah. so when you look at uh, what, when Jesus was talking and he says, you know, away from me, I never knew you, right? Yeah. Whenever they, they're yeah. like, oh, I did all these things, you know, we, uh, we, we drove out demons in your name. We did this, we did that, we did the other thing, you know, and then Jesus is like, away from me, I never knew you. Right. And, and yeah. I think when you look at that passage, you can see that it wasn't the fact that it wasn't the fact that they were doing those things. It was the fact that they weren't realizing that it was it was them doing things. It wasn't grace. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Back Pew Podcast. My name is Nick here with Justin and Caesar tonight as we discuss the question, why do some Christians expect perfection? Stay tuned. I think you should, you know... I'm kind of curious what it is you're actually drinking because that looks pretty special. Well, last week we were wondering what Caesar was chewing. Well, I know. So take this, a drink. Let's see what it is. You want so to smell it first? Are we gonna? No. Are we gonna guess what type of water brand? Right? Did you say the water? Oh, brand dude, already? you didn't even know it was water. Now we know it's water. That's not good. Oh, well, no water. There it is. Oh, not water. Oh, see there we go. What? Hmm? Oh, what is the option? Sprite. Oh. It doesn't look like Sprite because it's not bubbly. Just so the audience knows, it's not bubbly. It's ice. Looks like water. Man, that's that's a tough one. Okay, like I'll, I'll I'll admit I lied. It's, it is water. Oh, because I'm drinking like a gallon over a little over a gallon of water a day. Are you still on that meat diet? Yeah, I love it. It's great. I just get to eat tri-tip all day. Fantastic. <laughs> Bacon and eggs. Oh, Bacon. It's wonderful. Right. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But the problem is when you know the wife pulls out ice cream, I can't have any. Especially with these hot days. No. Oh. Mm. Some ice cream, bro. Needs like That's an good. otter pop. Can you do otter pops at least? <laughs> no, I don't do any sugar. No sugar. Well, they make no like sugar, the adult, no carbs. They make like the adult otter pops. They're like more uh, energy drink type. Mm. So like, like after workout, Stop tempting me. Pop. Get behind me, Satan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just got wow. I don't know what to wow. do. So no, um, no, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I started this diet with anticipation of. You know, trying to build some muscle and lose some weight. And I have lost some weight. I've lost about 10 pounds since I got back from camp. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking of camp, that thing was incredible, man. Camping over the weekend. Oh, oh so yeah, fun. dude. I was so oh. jealous. I was like, oh, I, was, I was telling Cheyenne on Saturday. I was like, you know, we should just pop up there and see if we can find them. You know? Where'd you go? Princess Camp is called. Oh, okay. Oh, you, know you went to Hume. Yeah, we were to Hume. Oh, it's I thought like you were back. 15 like minutes from Hume. Like, I, thought, yeah. I thought you were back like Have in you been there Cedar before? Grove. Uh, I believe so. It, well, Camp. I've been up to like the Edison campground that's on that, on the, what is that? The north, the south side of the lake. Okay. Yeah. How is that? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now I saw now that I got it. I told Julie I earned my camping strike finally. It's the first time I camped like solo, no in-laws, no trailer, no nothing. <laughs> Oh, and it was just Julie and I and the boys. And 
I started the whole fire. I set up the tent. I got the tarp. I got. I went full ham. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I felt like I earned my. Did try. you roast some weenies over the fire? We sure did, and we oh. also did our s'mores. S'mores too. S'mores. There we go. Oh yeah. See, now you now you were camping for sure. That's so. Camping. Oh yeah. So like three years ago, I took a bunch of the. Well, they're now college age guys, but back then they were like middle of high school, 11, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. I took a bunch of them up there to that princess campground and we camped for a weekend. It was a disaster. Well, it was a night. <laughs> it was awful. No, I'm just kidding. It was fun. Wow. Uh, but they stayed up till like, we lit a fire and we stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning. And then we ended up getting up at like eight and being like, yeah, let's get out of here. And so we did, but it was fun. You know, the drive up there is yes. really nice. Sometimes thought, man, for some reason, I thought you were going all the way back to like Cedar Grove and Kings Canyon. Is that far? Oh yeah, See, yeah that's like two well, hours and forty minutes. Oh, that's yeah. Yosemite. That's not that far. No, 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 no. That's no? that's Kings Canyon. If you keep following that road, like yeah. you know how you go to Hume Lake, you yeah. split off. Like after you, after when you pull out of Princess Campground, you go down the road, mm -hmm. and you're gonna go left, like or right, like you're gonna go to Hume Lake. Yeah. If you keep going straight, mm -hmm. that'll take you all the way down back into the into the into Kings Canyon. Right. And there's Drops a little place called uh Cedar Grove back there and they got a campground and it's it, it's like really hard to get a reservation back there. But how far is, is that how far pretty is pretty hot. Far how far is that from Princess Campground? I'm not sure. Okay. Well that Probably, road was closed by the way. I would guess it, it like, might be like twenty miles. I would guess like forty five minutes to an hour on Windy Road. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably I think it's about twenty miles. Yeah. But the fishing is incredible back there. Yeah. Um in fact uh I've never been fishing back there, but I heard, uh, I had a friend who, um, took his family up there and, uh, he was like, Hey, what do you use to catch trout? Like if you're not fly fishing, I said, you know, little Rapala, little number three Rapala, you know, about an inch long and it's black and white and you just throw it upstream and rip it down. And he said him and his sons went up there and they just killed them. I was like, that's a trick we've been using forever. Me and my dad, anytime we go back country fishing, wow. you know, we go in creeks or streams, we just knock the snot out of them with that with that little lure and you would never never guess apparently it was developed in uh like switzerland or norway specifically for trout fishing which i found out later but wow just yeah. for trout i'm gonna have yeah. to try that yeah, so, yeah I, I usually whenever i do like go backpacking or camping or any of that i'll usually bring like a little pin lure right or a pin rod and then a little backpacking uh reel yeah. And then so so that all my lures are small, right? Their maximum is one inch, right? right? Everything else is a little bit smaller than that because the, the fish doesn't fish usually don't get that big. Yeah. So. I'm backpacking. No, we went up. Uh, it's probably been, well, it was 2018, summer 2018. We went to this little, it's called Stoddard Lake. It's out of Trinity National Forest. Then it's about a three and a half mile hike back to the lake. And the first day we're like, Hey, we're going to go to this doe lake. That's, you know, supposed to be like five miles away. Well, it was like six and a half miles away, not five miles away. And at the last part, you're thinking I'm going to get to the lake and all is going to be well. No, it's this super steep hill that goes up about a thousand feet. And so we're dead tired. It's five o'clock in the afternoon and we're hiking up the side of this hill and we get there and we're like, yeah, let's just go to bed. So as we ended up doing, we got up the next day, we we're fly fishing and fishing in there. We caught a bunch of little, you know, six inch, seven inch trout. And then we were like, yeah, we're not staying up here. We turned around and went back and oh. went into Stoddard. And we were fishing with a little plastic bobber and a, and a nymph fly. Mm -hmm. And we were just killing them. It was super fun. I mean, you catch 40, 50 fish in a couple hours. 
And you're just eating and hanging out. And yeah, I do a lot of fishing. Yeah. I remember you said that you're a big fisherman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. It's fun. No, but after good. that camping, man, I got the bug. I kind of want to go camp again already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to Yosemite, actually, this weekend. My sister's coming into town, so we're going to go to Yosemite. Mm. Ooh, there you go. That sounds like fun. You know, I've lived in California all my life, and I don't think I've ever been to Yosemite. Like, I've seen pictures, yeah, but I've never been in the park. Yeah. Julie hasn't either. She lived here her whole life as well. I mean, <laughs> it's I live in California. But the problem I have with it is that it gets, it's just way over popular yeah right and so like when i go to the mountains i don't want to go and just hang out with a bunch of people because i could do that in town right i mean yeah it's beautiful yep. there's some great great scenes i mean yeah you you have to go and see it at least once yeah i mean don't get me wrong i mean i i, I still haven't climbed half dome which is something that i want to do mm -hmm. uh but you know you have to book it like a year out and get a permit and all this other stuff it's like oh man yeah, it's it a was a lot that's easier a list a item time for me. ago I'm gonna have to be in really sh good shape before I do that. I've heard. Uh, you can you can do it. It's not that bad. Um, okay. As long as it's 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 uh, mind over matter is all it is, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean, most backpacking yeah. is. I think uh, my wife said somebody she knew went up there last weekend, and there was a 93 year old guy climbing this mountain, and so they were backed up for two hours going up the side of that <sighs> that hill. 93 year old guy. Yeah, you got to start like it's really like early in the morning. You get yeah. if you want to hike the whole up it you, you start at like 3 a.m and you get to the base at like i don't know five or so and then that way you at don't the, at the morning five in the morning yeah okay. so that way you can get up to the top by lunch mm -hmm. right have lunch hang out and then turn on come back i mean that's that's basically what you do that at 3 a.m you got to start the, the journey yeah somewhere around oh, there yeah it sounds man. about right because if you if you start later you're just gonna you're just gonna be waiting in line all day long so that's nine hours right there yeah. Right. Nine hours and then nine hours to get back. Well, probably not. Cause you're just going down. You just fall, right? You just jump. There's <laughs> hey, 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 hey. There's, there's people that might be triggered by that on this podcast. Oh. Okay. I'm oh, just kidding. Oh, I'm just I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm Jeez. kidding. I don't know. Man, maybe we should just start. No Let's just start. <laughs> just start over. <laughs> I quit. Uh, um, so you went yeah. camping and you were where? What are you drinking? That's what I want to know. Oh. Not what am I drinking? What are you drinking? Is it Gatorade? I think it's one of those like squeezing squirts that give it flavor the water. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he got okay, it. Okay, okay. So, so what is it? Is it Mio? Is it Crystal Light? Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't know, but I were to guess that it's definitely great flavor. So there's two that we get. So uh, we get the one that's yellow, not yellow, I'm sorry, with white with orange and some gray in the capsule. And then we get one that's white and red. I don't know the names, but those are the colors that it has. Okay. We get it from Target. Yeah. Yeah. I get my stuff from Walmart. Oh. Yeah. And I'm a purist. I just drink straight water with well, ice. I do too, okay. but Julie and the boys like that squirt oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And the sugar's so bad for you, man. Like if you drink regular, like, sugar drink so bad mm -hmm. you gotta get the stuff that's not sugar even though it is really sugar but it's not yeah the sugar is not good it's really good for your body i've heard sugar yeah lots of oh stuff yeah happens. lots of ice cream yep yeah i you think know, that's the diet i'm gonna go on is just right now pure sugar diet so i'm gonna eat like kit kats uh snickers ice creams uh, that that's my goal. I think is I'm what what were you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's the new diet. The, the new diet yeah. is, is uh, tempting me to. Sorry, 
It's a really good diet. No, I'm doing this to myself. I I don't have anybody to blame but me. I can quit whenever I want to, but I don't want to quit. So I'm going to be like 200, 205 by the time I leave. So so when when do you quit then? When you reach a certain... I'm, oh, I, you know, in about, in about 25, this is, is it a date? Hold on, about 21 days. Okay. So it's a date, like yeah. a timeline. Yeah. So I started okay. last Sunday, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before last and just straight meat all week. And there are some downfalls to it that Wait, I won't. When do you quit again? Uh, in 21 days. Oh, wow. So you're going to, so, so that's a lot August, three, three more weeks, yeah. three more weeks. Wow. And I might, I may not, I may just stay with it till I leave for Utah. And then when do you leave for Utah? That, uh, I leave for Utah in beginning of September. Hmm. How long are you going to be gone? Two and a half weeks. Oh, not that bad. I think so. I think about two and a half weeks. Well, if we kill, an, if we kill all three of our elk. I was about to say, are you going for like some kind of camping hunting trip? Yeah, we're going, we're going elk hunting. Yeah. We've been doing that every year since, well, since I've been in Tulare, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm hooked. It's one of those things, you know, it's like you find a, you know, an obsession and it just gets worse. That's what elk hunting is. You know, it's uh, I don't know. You got that killer thing in you. Yeah. I know. I shoot my bow all the time too. It's got that uh, hundred. Was so, it the hundred mile stairs, something like that? Yeah. So on top of that, I'm getting up at four thirty every day to jump in the gym at five o'clock in the morning uh, to go work out for an hour to get my body used to getting up and just going because that's what you do in elk hunt. You know, you get up at four, you're to your spot at four thirty, and then you're hiking by four forty five, five o'clock. So you just going, going, going constantly. It's a lot of fun. You hike a lot of miles. Last year, I, I mean, last year I was hurt and I still hiked about three and a half mile. Well, about seven miles a day is what I was doing. Let's see how you do with that knee. Well, I'm hoping that'll be gone by the time. Is it better? I, yeah, it's better. It's okay. better. Yeah, I'm icing it, resting it, stretching it out. Uh, I don't think pickleball counts as rest. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. At least I'm not doing jujitsu. Yeah, Jeez. well, I guess. I don't I don't know anything about jujitsu, but yeah. pickleball, I know. Pickleball super fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's an old person game, but it's so fun. You don't move. You don't move around too much compared to like, um, you know, uh, tennis or badminton, right? Badminton, you actually move around quite a bit compared compared to pickleball. Yeah, it's and it's uh, but you're moving in a lot of different directions because right. you're trying to, you right. know, hit you still got to cover the court. I mean, I, I, I burn. You what know. do you play with it? What is necessary? You said it's like tennis. Yeah. It, well, it's similar to tennis, uh, similar to table tennis. Uh, and then Ping also, pong. yeah. With a wiffle ball. Yep. And then, but it's On a the, short about court. the same court size as a badminton court. What's a badminton court? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, basically a tennis court, just smaller. Half of it. A, a little more than half. Right. Okay. And uh, the net for badminton is about five feet at the center and like five foot with two inches on the outside, typically. Right. That's about where it is. Okay. And then, then the, the uh, pickleball court, the racket or the, the net is approximately what, three, maybe three feet. Okay. In the center. Small. Yeah. About three feet in the center and then maybe mm. three, one on the outsides. Mm. And then uh, you're using basically a wiffle ball similar to the one you use for baseball, which just, it's got the holes different. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's and then you use a, a paddle instead of a racket, like a big ping pong paddle. And it's, it's still like tennis, the whole thing, right? Back yeah. And forth. Yeah. But then yeah. there's like different rules. There's I lots mean, you of can rules. Go into, 
yeah. all the different rules about what you could do, but you just have where to come you play. Where you got to be, where you can't, you can't be in the kitchen. Hey, by right? the way, are you off on Friday? You can come play pickleball with me. I play pickleball on Friday nights. Yeah, you got you to gotta learn how to play. Yeah, it's clearly I'm going to have to YouTube some of these. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. When I watched it on YouTube, I wasn't that enamored with it. When I played it at Bible camp, I was like, I got to play this it, more. Just to be honest with I'm you, <laughs> it gets super frustrating at first because you don't understand all the rules. And then hitting it, if you're used to playing a different racket sport, like your wrist will do things you don't want it to do, right? Because it hits differently than... Did you guys ever play tennis? Uh, Not a big tennis guy. No. I don't Not play, a tennis guy I, at all. I play uh, badminton. I played tennis. Yeah? I did. Then you should be set. Because if you could play tennis, you'll do really well with the uh, pickleball. Yeah. 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 I played tennis growing up, actually. A couple times at the park. I took tennis lessons, classes, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. You're, you'll be set. So, because it's, sim oh, yeah, it's be similar fun, to yeah. how, how you hit it. It's similar to the tennis. Uh, but you're, you're just not hitting it as high, right? You're trying to right. drive, it, drive it down or keep it. Because if you hit it up too high, it's going out. Right now, yeah, right. So, <clears throat> kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, it's sport. a lot of fun. You have to come play on Friday. We play Friday at seven, but the last two Fridays we played, it's been like a hundred and five out. So yeah. You sweat a lot, mm -hmm. and you're playing with kids that, you know. How many people go to the game? You can play singles or you can play doubles. Yeah, you play doubles. You can doubles, play. dude. Doubles is the way to go. Doubles. Play doubles and doubles is better, you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think doubles singles, is doubles. Is better, yeah, yeah, if you're playing singles, it's you're basically once you serve it and the other person serves it, you're just going to go to the next serve. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's how I, I, I just not. I guess I'm not that good at covering the whole court by myself, <laughs> right? I don't think a lot of people are, but I, uh, yeah, I gotta figure out. I gotta let him do his part. I gotta stop here because I'm, I am that guy that wants to cover the whole court. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You gotta stay in your lane. Yeah. Is that's why I'm no, like, I mean, uh, you don't, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I am too. Sometimes singles I like better. It's discipline. You know, it's like, you got to let your partner, because sometimes their forehand is on your backhand, yeah. you yep, know, you gotta let their mm -hmm. so you got to go let first. their forehand hit it and, you know, yeah. so it can kind of be better if your forehand's on the outside sometimes, if, especially if your guy is hitting it. Anyways, we could talk for about hours on pickleball. Sure we can. You know. tennis, so yeah. what's the, what's the topic today? What are we covering? What's the topic? But you guys want to hear a joke first? Sure. A what's corny the joke? Bible joke? Yeah, let's go. Because we did that. I feel like we did that last week. We got to do it again. Okay. Yeah. Where was Solomon's temple located? Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, you got me. On the side of his head. <laughs> you were thinking all deep about that uh, one too, weren't you? you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was definitely okay. Here, here's one. No, no, no. Save, another one. save another one. Hold for on, another hold on. Time. This one's good. Why didn't oh, Noah please. go fishing? What? Why didn't Noah go fishing? Why didn't Noah Noah go fishing? Why didn't Why he go did fishing? He go? Why didn't he? Why he did not? Why did he not? Yeah, go fishing. I'm guessing it has to do something with the with the ocean, the flood and him it's being. It's a joke, though, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you only had two worms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid jokes. Uh, yeah. That's funny. funny. Well, I mean, <laughs> now you can kind of debate that. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> Did I you mean, really bring worms? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We have I mean, to have a conversation so, about that. So the, the question, the big question is why do some Christians expect perfection? What do you think? So I think I started last week. 
Oh, yeah, so you kind of started a little bit. Then? No, I don't know. What? Yeah, I think I said, so. I don't know. All right, so unless you want me to explain it. No, no, I mean. no. I, I, I like. Let me guess that you're what you're gonna explain, and then <laughs> okay. I'll try. I'll try. I'll, let me try first, and then you can correct, and we'll go in a different direction. That's fine. So, why do Christians think that we? Why do some? Christians why do some Christians think expect maybe? perfection? Okay, expect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I was thinking of it more of why do Christians expect perfection out of out of themselves as well out of themselves out of other people out of other people okay the impossible right i mean that's what they're they're trying to yeah but it's like an unspoken expectation right and i think i i don't know I, i was thinking about this this weekend and this week uh and i almost think that some christians think that way because they're used to it not being or maybe they think that it's not really a grace thing right Mm, and so when you look at uh what when jesus was talking and he says you know away from me i never knew you right whenever they're like oh i did all these things you know we uh we we drove out demons in your name we did this we did that we did the other thing you know and then jesus is like away from me i never knew you right and and i think when you look at that passage you can see that it wasn't the fact that it wasn't the fact that they were doing those things it was the fact that they weren't realizing that it was it was them doing things it wasn't grace right right yeah uh and you can kind of see that in the wording of it right i kind of i mean i could open it up and we can look at it a little bit but i think that a lot of people fall in that trap of i have to do something right well, it's not, it's not a deuce. It's not an action. I mean, it is, but it isn't right. It's yeah. nothing that you can do that will, that God will just say, Oh, well, great. I'm so glad you did that. Right. Yeah. He doesn't need any of those things. And they, and they, that gets covered in the old Testament a lot where like David's like, Oh, it's not David says to God, right. It's not, it's not your sacrifices that you wanted. It was mm-hmm. a, a contrite heart. Yeah, And what does he, what does he say? What does he say to the Pharisees? You know, he, uh, when, when Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners, he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Right. Um, right. They were so focused on the physical um, that they didn't understand that there are other elements that play into, you know, how God works. Right. Exactly. How God forgives. And how- so I, I think that's probably where people kind of miss the mark on that. And they have that assumption that you have to be perfect. You have to do the best that you can. You have to always be perfect. And the problem is, is that, nobody's perfect and that's the whole point is that nobody's perfect nobody can obtain that without the grace right without the mercy because i don't know i I think i might have used the analogy once already it's like you know you if you go and you've got a whole bunch of speeding tickets right and you have to go to court so you go to court and you're standing there with a stack of speeding tickets and the judge is like okay well uh, looks like you're going to prison, right? Right. And you're like, well, I, I just, you know, I, I will look, judge. I, I, I'm a really, I'm a good person, right? I've done all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Right. See, look, I, I honestly, I, I walked that old lady across the street a couple times. I'm, I'm good, right? Yeah. And the judge is going like, um, no, that doesn't pay the tickets, right? Yeah. So it's that, it's, it's that misunderstanding that. You can't do anything to make that judge let you off. No. Right? The only thing that that judge lets you off is when the judge comes off of that judgment seat and pays your fines for you. Right. 
right? Right. So now we got that same situation. You're standing there and the judge is like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're not a good person. You're like, you're right. I'm not a good person, but he is. And he paid my fine. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's the piece of the puzzle that I think a lot of the people miss is that no, it's, it's, there's nothing you can do or say that, Oh, I'm a good person. I, I, it's all right. I, you know, I help out the elderly. I I go to this or I go do that or I go do the other thing. It's not going to do any, not going to do you any good in front of a judge. Right. 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 I mean, if you think about it like that, it's more practical. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so let's, let's back up, um, just a little bit is you're get you got pretty far in to it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, the, <laughs> no, the wrong didn't. way. No, you I went no, 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 it's good. It's good. Um, but, but at what, so maybe I should have been a little more specific than I was, but at what point do, do some Christians expect perfection, right? So at what point in your journey, in your, in your going to church, in your studying of Jesus, do others begin to hold? Cause I think it's an accountability issue, oh, right? Okay. It's an accountability thing, right? It's sure. where the idea comes. And if I remember right, it came from the Puritan culture that came over in the early 1700s when the whole, I don't know what they call it. Restoration movement. Uh, it's not the reformation that's earlier, but the restoration movement, when the Puritans came over, they were, everything was pure, right? So mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, drink alcohol and they didn't do this. And they, you know, they had a list of things that they didn't yeah, do. Yeah, a bunch of human right? rules. Yeah. And so that transferred over into, into church cultures. Like, well, we don't do this because X, Y, Z. Yeah, because it leads know? to whatever, right? We don't dance because it leads to fornication and that's right. bad. Right. And then, so when anybody, anytime any, anybody became a Christian or a disciple, there was an expectation behind mm-hmm. that name or that mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. that that person didn't do that. Kind of like, you know, kind of like today, um, you know, the pendulum has at times swung the complete opposite direction where there's no expectations and people are just free to do whatever they want, but we know that doesn't fly with God. Right. Right. And what you say is that multiple times, right? Yeah especially during like judges and stuff like that, where it's like, well, they started doing whatever they wanted and right. this is what happened. Yeah. And and so the expectation at, at that point in, you know, your Christian walk is like, well, you know, I know I'm not going to be perfect. Well, I didn't know that when I became a Christian, mm-hmm. right? The, I, when I became a Christian, I was just expecting everything to kind of be maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, to be fixed in my life. Like, Oh, everything's going to go right. Just like a light switch. Just, Oh, wow. Look at that. It worked great. Well, it's because the way I was magical elixir that we're, I think that's what I understand what you're saying from. That's what I was thinking and going to eventually lean into that. What do you think Christians, when they accept God, like that, that scenario, they accept God and they expect things to go right in their life. Mm -hmm. And then they get upset when it doesn't go. Yeah. As they plan. Well, well, there's two sides to that, that coin though, too. You know, there's the side of the coin where the people are thinking like, Oh, I can never do anything. I'm, I'm going to be perfect. And then you create hypocrites. I think, I think that's where people miss, I don't know. That that misunderstood. They misunderstood what they've been hearing then, or what they thought the Christian life would be then. That's what I think, because when you, well, it is again not time to Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it's just a misunderstanding, yeah, right? Yeah, because when you become a Christian, you should know that things don't, that doesn't automatically fix everything. Mm-mm. It fixes some things, yeah. you know. Maybe, like I said, I have more peace now that fixed that. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Everything else, I still got to figure it out. And that's what everybody else has to do. I mean, well, yes, you do have a certain expectation on how to behave. Because you now have to learn, right. you know, some teachings. Because it does say in the Bible of the ways to, to behave. 
Sure. So you do got to behave that way. But I think then people start thinking, oh, if I behave this way, then I'm going to become even better blessed. No, you have to behave these ways and take into accountability other decisions that you're going to make. Right. Because at the end of the day, decisions that you make is what's going to lead out into life. And that's what's going to play out. Right. What you have that is that you now have God to back you up and give you the extra decision to make, you know? Yeah. That's so, what I think. Yeah. So then you got to Then you got to talk. Then you got to think about the driving force behind why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Right. And it's not so much. And I think people get confused a lot. They think like, well, I just do this because I obeyed God. No, your faith is the driving force, right? Your belief yes. in God yes. is the driving force behind why you behave the way you behave. So the ex, the unspoken expectation of now that you're a Christian, you need to be perfect. Even though we say in the church, uh, you don't, you're not going to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect. Yeah. The expectation is still that you will not mess up right. and, and that I you think, will not make mistakes. I think oh, that's a problem, I, right? Because yeah. that's one of the things that drives people away from churches. Yeah. They think that, well, you're just going to look at me and judge me. And why should I go to church if I'm just going to be judged? I can get judged anywhere. Why should right. I do it at church? Right. Yeah. You're allowed to mess up, but you're, you're only allowed to mess up in private. You're not allowed to mess up in public. You're right. not allowed to confess your sins to to people because people will judge you. Right. You know, like, right. why am I going to tell, you know, it's, it's like, it, it's like, why am I going to tell anybody anything that I'm doing? If the expectation is that now that I'm a Christian, it, everything has to be perfect in my life and right. everything has to go the way that they think it should go. Why am I going to confess anything or tell anybody anything that I'm struggling with? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it it it's just uh it's just a sad reality that people still think that way, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, I think there would be more people who actually showed up to church. So yeah. I think it would be interesting to see. Okay, how would you get? How do you think that you would get rid of that sort of um, what's that called? That. When somebody sees it, they're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to stay away. You know what I mean? Yeah. How would you, how would you try to break that wall down from somebody? That's a good question. Um, I think you just, like, you have to, it comes down to practicing what you preach. You know, if you, if you, if there were some, so it's like you, you were raised by your parents, right? Obviously there were some things, you know, of everybody that they didn't like about the way that their parents raised them. Right. There's some things that's like, I'm going to do that differently mm-hmm. than my parents did. Right. I didn't like the way they did that. So I'm going to change that. And it's kind of a generational thing. You have to think about it enough to go, I didn't like that. So I'm going to change whatever that problem is. It's not, you know, I hate to say this, but it's only going to change when the old people die out. You know, the people that think that way are, are gone are away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So unless you're a, you know, well, super persuasive, charismatic. Yeah. Preacher, I mean, change, change is always the hardest thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, even, even in, even in the business world, even changing, let's say I have to change software because now, uh, that software that I was using before, doesn't work yeah. or whatever, any sort of change like that, people usually don't like, right. right. Cause it's different from the norm, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. Uh, and I think even for, uh, older people, I think that it is possible to change if they're willing to change. Right. And it's something that you, you have to, I think you could probably nurture it into a change, but it would take a lot longer. It's going to be a lot more effort than just say, well, let's just wait and we'll start over. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, most of the, most of the elders, um, not speaking about our church in particular or anything like that, just like elderly people. Um, I find them to be pretty wise and some of the decisions that they make, right? Right. So there's reasoning behind it. And I find that very useful in making a decision in my own life. Like, okay, should I do that or not? 
should I ask these these people who have a little more experience than me or not? And uh, typically, it really helps out in the long run when you do that type of stuff. Yeah, right? I, so I'm not saying they need to go away. I'm just saying that they're they're the way. And and this again, it's a generational thing. Sure, right? it's a it's a generational way of thinking, more of a works based thinking, right? Than a grace based thinking, right. right? Right. So the work based thinking says I have to do this in order to be considered right. Just kind of like when you go to the Sermon on the Mount, right? Right. And you look at what Jesus is talking about. And he, the first chapter, he's talking about why you should do what you do from your heart, right? And then the sixth chapter, he's talking about um, doing what you do for righteousness sake unseen, right? Mm -hmm. And then the the third chapter or the seventh chapter, he... (laughs) Well, you could kind of break each yeah. of those sections down. Well, I mean, into you could even things, you but... could even take just Cain and Abel. Yeah. Right. If you look at, I don't know. I always I, I'm a little more fascinated with that a little bit mm. because because if you look at the fact that every time there's a first sin or first problem that happens, it's like the most punishment that God can give. Mm. He gives it. Right. It's usually death. Yeah. Right. Right. And if you look at Cain and Abel when uh, Cain kills Abel. Mm-hmm. Right, God doesn't kill him. Yeah. Okay. So there's more to it than just uh, he killed him. It, it seems to me that it would be more of a crime of passion than mm-hmm. uh, than just straight murder. And there's a couple other reasons for that. I mean, if you go back into the Hebrew and things like that. But anyways, so I think it's more of a crime of passion. So if you look at that and you go, okay, why is it a crime of passion? Why is he jealous? Why is he that mm-hmm. jealous of of uh, of Abel. Well, I mean, Abel was doing, it was more of a, here's what you gave me, right? So I'm giving Mm -hmm. it back. It's the first thing you gave me. I'm giving it right back to you because you gave it to me. Yeah. Where it's, when you look at what Abel was doing, it's more of like, uh, well, here's some of my, my flock, right? Yeah. It wasn't really like the, the, the best choice, fattest, best things that he got. Yeah. It was just like, well, I'm doing this because, Right. right. And, and because I need to, right. It's more sure. of, a, I, I need to do this and not you blessed me. So I'm doing this. Right. So it's kind of like more of a works, I think more of a, a works based versus a non-work based, uh, religion. I mean, I think that's, there's only two different types of religions in the world. One that's work based and one that's not, that's right. it. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, again, that's part of that's I mean, that's part of the problem. It's not all of it. We're not going to dissect all of every, you know, aspect of, of this issue, that question, but it, it was something that struck me because I dealt with that, you know, coming into the church. I don't know. Do you, have you, Caesar, have you felt any pressure to be like, to f- have everything fixed, to only mess up, or w- mess up in private? Mess up in private only? Yeah. Like, have you felt any pressure to be perfect? At the church. Yeah. I just think that it does come with a certain expectation, you know, when you're at the church, you know, yeah, that's true. They look up to you and they, yeah. they do expect you to follow in a better path. But it's also because you're not sharing your life, you know, you're not. Right. You just, it's kind of easy to put in an image for like mm. 15, 20 minutes. Mm. So what you do afterwards yep. You know, that's, that's a good point. When, that's when everything else changes. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, I mean, that's why I said. That's a really good point. That is a really good point. Yeah. I, I think, again, I, I honestly think this is a huge problem with the world today, with the church today, is the fact that most people just go in to do 
do their 30 minutes or their hour or whatever it is. And then they go home and go watch football. Right. Right. Go watch or, football. Go start swearing. Go start doing other things. Yeah. You know? yeah. But yeah. I got my, I got my church in me. Yeah. I got my church sure. on. I'm I got good. my church in. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm just good, fine. It goes back to the story. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. It goes back to what I was kind of saying. Well, you know, I'm a good person. I go to church on Sunday. Right. 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 That's okay. I, that means I'm good. Right. Yeah. See, but then it, that's what I also come back to that. Then it turns into that train of thought of how it is after the are you really accepted Jesus? Because if you did, I think that even outside of church, you try to hold yourself to the expectations. You know how it is. You 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 are you are now being held to a standard by God. You know there is right. a certain way now things have to uh, work out. Some decisions have to change, and because these aren't lining up with the values that are presented to you sure. by our Lord. So then you do have to change the way you are, but don't expect, you know, perfection. Again, like we were stating earlier, have an have him influence some of your decisions as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I, w- I want to go back to your point where you, you know, you were talking about, it's easy to, you know, put on a, on a show, put on a, um, a, yeah, a like facade, right? Minutes, yeah. It's easy to, you know, come in there and say, okay, I'm going to fix all my problems for an hour. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to, you know, do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm I, not going to, I mean, I, I think the one way you do fix that is do is by doing life groups. It is by doing life groups because you meet with other people that go to the church and you really start to see, you can only be fake and put up a persona for so long before the real you comes out. So it, I think that being around other great people, you know, influences you to help you be a better person yourself. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, we, we've dealt, I've dealt with this on multiple occasions, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's, and it, I was talking with another friend of mine this week, a uh, kid I've had in my cabin since he was eight years old. And, uh, he was talking about, um, he was talking about his struggles with his faith because his dad was a preacher and then his dad wasn't a preacher and he was chasing real estate and then something happened and his parents ended up splitting up. This is common knowledge now with, within this group, his parents split up and he kind of in that time frame lost his faith, right? He, um, he, began to question whether or not he was supposed to even, you know, follow Jesus. Did he want to follow Jesus? Um, and, and, and began to look at it from the perspective of like, well, is this really me? Right. And so his struggle in that was he began to do like you did, like you talked about, um, he began to deconstruct his faith, right. Break it down to the very basics, um, of, and do I really believe these things Mm -hmm. and why do I believe these things? And he dropped a lot of them. You know, he, he even tell you, he probably fell away for about a year. You know, he just didn't want anything to do with God. Didn't want anything to do with church. Didn't want anything to do with, um, because of the expectation that was placed on him as a preacher's kid. And he didn't really, wasn't able to grab his faith, right? He wasn't able to mm-hmm. make his faith his own faith, right? So it is it is easy to walk in and go, all right, I'm going to put on my, you know, my nice clothes. I'm going to walk in church. I have no problems. But as soon as I'm done, 
Yeah, I'm, you're back I'm to done. your problems. I'm back to my problems. I'm yeah. back to my, you know, my struggles. I'm back to my, you know, whatever you want to call it, alcohol addiction, drug yeah. addiction, whatever. Well, I mean, I, I also think that church used to be a lot smaller too, yeah. right? Where, it, you know, if you go back to whenever it began, I mean, it was always in somebody's house, right? Right. So I find it, I find it interesting that, that now that you start getting in these larger and larger and larger churches that it's not surprising that you have more people that just don't, right. They just don't, they're not really there because they want to be fed. They're there because they just want to keep up an image. Yeah. Right. Because they wanted to check that box that I did good. Mm -hmm. I went to church. I did good. Check boxes. We talked about that too. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, that is, that is also a temptation. I mean, I think it's a temptation for every, for every Christian too. When you walk in the door, you're like, oh, well, I mean, I've talked about this before in sermons, right? I checked my, you know, I went to worship box. I sang box. I prayed box. I listened to a sermon box. And then you think, yeah, I'm good with God. Right. Um, but that full circles around the image thing as well. But I also say that that kind of behavior, that way of thinking creates hypocrites. I mean, it does. It, you know, the expect, the unspoken expectation of perfection Right. Well, you can make a mistake, but you're not allowed to make a mistake in public. Hmm. Right. Um, creates hypocrites because it creates one version of one person inside the church and another version of that person outside the church. And through and through, you want to be the same person in your home as you are with That's the people true. you're going to church with. Right. And, I, and like you said, I mean, church was used to be in homes. I mean, it used to be where you're in each other's lives. You're doing things together. You're you're dealing with each other's struggles and there is no judgment because everybody is struggling with something. And so it's not just, I'm putting on an image when I come to church, but these people are actually involved in my life and they understand right. what I'm going through right. and they know it, who I am. Right. And whenever you had a problem, it was somebody had already had that problem before. And so mm-hmm. they helped you through it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, if you, I don't know, I always like the illustration of like Moses when he's, uh, when they're having that uh, one of the early battles when they they're leaving right and um, he's he has Joshua and one other uh, priest and he has to hold up the staff so they can win right right the battle and so then they bring him a rock to sit on and then they both hold his hands up so that he can hold the staff up so they can win yeah right I mean it does it doesn't it's not just one person he had to have help yeah right and that was Moses. So, right. I mean, I'm not better than Moses. So I'm going to need help too. Yeah. And so the thing is that we kind of lose that without having a smaller group, without, without actually having a group of people you can talk to and say, Hey man, you know, have you gone through this before? Have you had this problem? Is there any way you can help me with that? Yeah. Right. I mean, that was, that's, that's, that's the whole point is like, hey, if you've had a problem or let's say you were going through a divorce or something like that and you right. pulled yourself out of it, Right. You should be able to talk to somebody who's starting to go through that same thing and say, Hey, this is what I did to help fix that. Right. How can I help you based upon the information that I have? Yeah. Right? Not a, uh, hey, you shouldn't do that. Or that's wrong. Or if you do that, you're going to sin, you know, or, right. you know, it should be, it should, it should be compassion based. Right. It should you be know? like, Hey, let me help you. I went I mean, through this. Let me help. Do we really think Jesus wasn't compassion based when he was dealing with sinners? I mean, my first example is the woman at the well, right? Mm-hmm. She has, she, he comes up to this well and he's sitting there and his disciples go to find food. And this woman walks up with pots 
and she's filling these pots full of water. And he says, all he says to her is give me a drink. And then he tells her what he knows about her life. That you have had five husbands and the husband you have now is not your husband. And it's not like a, Hey, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You need to repent, you know, or you can't be around me because you're unclean. And Jesus did that with people. Jesus right. took the people that were unclean. It's like the example in Matthew chapter nine, where, you know, he's, he's traveling, you know, he's just healed the paralytic. He sees Matthew sitting in a tax in a tax booth and he calls him and he says, follow me. Well, tax collectors were considered people who didn't, uh, who were unclean tax collectors and sinners. They were unclean people. Well, they yeah. I mean, they were also, Jewish they, people. I mean, it was like, uh, they were stuck in between two worlds too. You got to think about it that way, right? right? I mean, right. they're not only are they Jews that are hated by Jews, but, but they're also the lowest of like the Roman to, to collect yeah, the taxes. Right, so right. you're like kind of stuck in this in between where nobody's your friend kind of a thing. Right. right. So and here comes Jesus and he's, or what, a, you know, the other one is, uh, you know, the man at the pool of Siloam, right? He'd right. been sick for 38 years. How do you think he was viewed? How do you think he was looked at? Do you think there was any Pharisees or scribes or Sadducees in there talking to that guy saying, Hey, how can we help you? No, no, not yeah. at all. Oh, what did you do? You know what they said? Oh yeah. He must've done something wrong. And that's why God, you know, God yeah, that's put why this hurt on him. Right. Yeah. So he thought that was their, that was their belief. Like if you go back to the book of James and he, and he talks about this idea of temptation, he says, let, uh, no man say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. Right. And then he goes to proceed to say that God doesn't create evil, but every good and perfect gift that comes down comes from the father of light. So another reason God didn't bring these tragedies on you. Right? right. And then another example in John chapter nine, where you have the blind man, the kid who was blind from birth. Right. And Jesus goes up and he's spits on his hand and he makes mud and he puts it on this guy's eyes. And then he can, he can all of a sudden see, and then the Pharisees are questioning, who healed you? Right. right. Like who healed yeah, you? Yeah. And well, and even the you parents know? were afraid to answer the question because they didn't want to get ex ex exited out of the, the church, but right. the synagogue, they wanted yeah. to still be able to go to the synagogue. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, so it's, it needs to be compassion based. I mean, that's what, that's what I love about life groups is we, you know, we get to do stuff like that too. You know, we yeah. get to talk about what we're dealing with and what we're struggling with. And there is transparency and authenticity in, you know, you get to see another side of a person that you may not see sure. at church because you only interact with them for five minutes. It's sure. been a struggle for a long time. It's just, you know, it, there's well, a I way think, to change it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, a lot of churches can, can do that type of thing without even having a life group, but by actually showing an interest in your fellow person. Right. Right. And that, and that goes back to actually loving the people that you're with. Mm. Right. I mean, that's yep. one of the, the greatest things you can be doing is loving people as yourself, just as, as God loved us, right? We should be loving each other. Right. I love your neighbor as yourself. A neighbor isn't neighbor isn't necessarily the person that lives next to me, but it's it's the person that I'm around. And if I'm around people at church, I should be interested in them. Right. I should, I should mm -hmm. want to spend time with them and see who they are and try to learn, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I'll, I mean, and, and I think I think the way that society has been going, at least on this side of the world, uh, is, you know, you're not really interested in understanding what the other person is doing. I'd rather just stay in my little bubble cause it's safe. I don't have to reach out and say, Hey, you know, what's going on with you? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot, a lot of safety. That's it's easier that's that way, Justin. Yeah. yeah you because you get nervous of going back to the whole beginning of everything, getting judged by that person too, you know, or yeah. comparing, you know, where you're at at your life or something like that nature. Yeah. So you'd rather just try to avoid, you know, establishing friendships and relationships with other people. Yeah. And, and uh, you said something that 
uh, was brought to my mind when you were talking about um, wh- whatever you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember now. But anyways, I, I remember the story when you were when you were telling your story of conversion and you were saying that you went to this church in LA and there was you know people around you telling you accept the Lord, accept the Lord oh, yeah, now. One of those. Because yeah. um, I've listened to that first episode like a hundred times, trying to make sure that that's, everything was right on it. <laughs> that that's what I remember. Uh, and when you brought up, you know, did I feel any pressure to be perfect? Um, well, you do feel pressure to become a Christian, right? Um, so you have felt some type of that pressure before, right? Well, I want I would like to say yes, but no. That what I felt with right there was okay. Get away from me. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Thank you. I will. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't need your thanks. Jesus at this point. And then they kind of look like the idiot just standing there. Are you going to accept? I'm like, thanks. Just back away. But yeah, um, that could come pressurable for some people. Yeah. They could feel that they need to say, yes, you're right. I will accept uh, the Lord, even though they don't feel like it. But the mo- But you know what just happened there? They're out the door. Yeah. Or it's they're just a false, door. Oh, yeah. false, uh, and then, false believer. And then they're not going to come back and they're not going to want to go to another church because of that experience that you they just had. There are a bunch of wackos in there. Mm. I don't know what they're seeing. Maybe I, I, I just don't see the Lord or I don't feel the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's fake because if that's how I'm going to be, I don't really want to be that. <laughs> so then mm-hmm. they're out the door. Yep. And sometimes they don't want to give, you know, church another try. So... Mm. And, and and then it's weird too though, when you're a first timer there, it's like don't feel don't bombard so much, you know. Sometimes you just gotta let the person come in on their own, you know. If they if they like the message and they got the vibe, then they'll return. And if they don't yeah. believe, the more that they come and they're just there, you know. But the point is, is not to, hey, I've seen you here a couple of times, brother. Let's let's talk about where you are at joining this church and let's make this happen. You becoming a Christian. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more of a, I I think it should be more of a, Hey, let's, let's go get a burger. I think, I think, let's go hang out. Let's see who you are. I think so. But sometimes it's kind of good. Also like, uh, it's it's just true. But I guess, how do you know when it's the right time? Cause that can be, someone can be a month, two months, three months. You got to give it some time oh, sometimes, when they're ready the person. Yeah. yeah. When sometimes ready. it's when they're ready, but that's what some we were just talking just about. More... How do you reach out? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time with that because I, we, I, we I think, I think, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I think the best way to do it too, though. And even in ours, and I'll throw it out there right now, maybe during the week, that contact list we got, just throw out a friendly text. Hey, you know what? This is uh Caesar, Nick or Justin from the church. You know, we just, we have your info. We just want to say hello. Hope you're having a good day. If you need anything, reach out to us. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Send out a text to to whoever. Even our 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 guests, our members, just send out. Hey, you know, just sending you a quick thought. You know, knowing that you're here. Just little yeah. gestures like that get people already thinking. Right. And maybe being more trust and hmm. and and drop their guard down a little bit. Not like know, hey, start, we're friendly. To be, we're not start here. to be yeah a little bit more trusting. Okay, they're not a bunch of wackos. And that's why I don't <laughs> I don't like that invitation at the end of the sermon. Uh, you know what I'm talking about where we say hey, if you have, you have any, any, any yeah. things come yeah. up but it's like it's, it's one of those unspoken expectations right like you're gonna do this you have to do this because this right. is what we've always well, done I guess, right? I guess you can do it but you but, can word it differently such as if but, we, there's anything we can do for you feel free to talk to us right in the which back which is normally what service. I do yeah talk to us in the back you know talk to me in the back you know yeah. there's so many of us let's see how we can help you talk to me yeah and then you know we can continue a conversation sure. yeah well, i mean it, yeah i mean it, it's a kind of a different thing than uh accepting jesus right it's kind of right. two different things i think 
Because I don't, I think that for someone to accept Jesus, they have to make that on their own, right? Mm -hmm. It's not for me to tell them. It's not some special prayer that you pray, right? And I also think that that it's our job to make them think about it, not right. not force it on them. But hey, here's here's what you need to think about. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of like what I was explaining with the the judge and the tickets, right? You you kind of have to think about it. Oh yeah, you're right. If I thought about it that way, if I don't, if I think that I'm just a good person, you think that's a good answer for a judge? You're just sitting right in front of a judge <laughs> right a now. Got, I'm a good person. Yeah, oh, that, I'm going to go that, home that and cook dinner analogy. for my grandma. Right? That's a, that's a good analogy. <laughs> and it's something to think about. It's not necessarily a. You should come to Jesus right now. Well, yeah, that's what you I'm know? saying. That's you, that's what I'm saying. You got to let them do their own. That's why you send out the text. You yeah. get them to feel good, and then if they want to talk to you, then you can start asking these kind of questions. Yeah. Okay, well, you yeah. know what? Right. Thank you for reaching back out. I appreciate you, you know you trusting me and taking the time. Yeah. Now, where where's your standpoint? Where are you, you know, thinking about that you wanted to reach out? Do you do you do you not believe in Jesus? Is there something that you know you want to talk about? Because that's how you reach people who are thinking about going in mm. kind of idea. Yeah. If, if they, when yeah. they decide to come out, you see what interested them, where mm. are we at? And then talk a little bit about, you know, the Bible and, and what we believe. Yeah. And be like, you know what? We're not going to sugarcoat it. You can accept God and he can influence your decisions, but he's not going to cure all your problems. This problem yeah. that you're having, you know, it's not going to go away. That's what we're saying. Don't expect perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Then what we do here at this church is that we are genuine and we don't judge. Yep. And we try to be friends in, in Christ. Absolutely. And yeah. this is what we're about. That's how you have to approach them. I believe. I believe. Yeah. Because once you bombard them and start pressuring them about joining the church, now they start feeling back to those old feelings. They're just they're just like every yeah. other church. Yeah, it's like every pressuring other they just me. Want, they just yeah. want me there. Yeah. So that I can give. They and then give I don't know money, what they want right? me for. Like, what is yeah. the thing? Then this is the thing. No, it's not that we want you. We want you to accept God. That's what we want. Yeah. We don't want you to be part to, of a body, yeah, right? Yeah. So you, you don't want to be. Out. You don't want to be at this church later on. That's we want fine. you tithe, man. Yeah. We want you tithe. Yeah, that's what <laughs> a lot of people right think. Back. You know, I had no. a I had a roommate that was like that. It was like, man, I'm not going to that church. All they want every time I go, all they do is ask about money. And I got him to go to church one time, and the first thing the pastor started doing, preaching on giving tithes, and I was like, oh. You gotta be real with the people. That's what I'm saying. Like, look, we're gonna ask for the type of we, it's good that we give scriptures, right? But it's also, I think, really well that we speak out on the tide goes towards this, yeah. and this because yeah. give what some you people, want. I don't well, know how I mean, they think about it, but we are a non profit, correct? Yep, yeah, okay. Yeah. So then this is what we're relying on, correct? Yeah, okay. Yep. So, the, but it's not some but, people may not know that, right? And it's not, and and I think that. That there's been a few times where we've discussed it at church where it's like, look, it's not it's not that we need the money, yeah. except that the money helps the church. Exactly. And the second thing is, is that it's not for the person who's just walking in the door. Exactly. Right. I don't. We don't need your money just because you walked in the door. Yeah. It should be something that, as a believer, as mm. you you're maturing, you go. You know what? I want to give my first fruits. I right. want to give the best that I can. Yeah. And maybe it's. T- whatever percentage you come up with in your head. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not for me to, See, to make so that decision. I, I think we do it like a good way. Yeah. We, we yeah. do give up. There's no pressure. There's no that. pressure to give. Yeah. yeah. And they do. They, we do mention it. You know, if it's your first time, don't feel pressured. You don't have to, you don't have to do this. You know, it's fine. You don't have to, if it's your first time here, don't feel pressured. I think that's well, it, it's, it's a really good thing to do because yeah. yes, people will, 
feel more comfortable and not pressured. And then when they feel the time is right, they'll the time act. Is right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I see, I never, you know, I, I came to the church late in life and um, I never felt pressure to join the church. I always felt tr- pressure to be baptized. Like, mm. like I, when I, when I was there for about, I don't know, I was there for a couple months and then people started asking me for Bible study. You want to have a Bible study? You want to have a Bible study? Yeah. I, I accepted by one guy and I went to his house and he, all he felt like he was trying to do is get me in the water. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready for that, man. Like buy me dinner. Like, first, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And then there was a, there was a couple other times of that. Cause it took me, it was three years before I actually was baptized. Um, but I remember uh, one time a well-meaning brother, you know, we're at a, uh, at a, uh, like a, it's called a, it's called the camp out. And it was this big, like area. The church had like five acres and everybody would bring their tents and trailers and they would park them in these spots. And then there would be like this giant gospel meeting where we bring people out from, from other States and other churches from different areas to come and speak on a subject. And I, the first year I went, I loved it. I mean, I loved just being around people and being able to sit and learn and understand. And again, felt no pressure whatsoever, you know, to be baptized. But the second year I started feeling, when are you going to get baptized? When are you going to get baptized? Are you Christian yet? When are you going to get baptized? When are you going to get baptized? And the third year, there was a guy there. Um, there was a guy there at the last, at the last sermon, uh, this guy offered the invitation, you know, if you have a need or you want to be baptized, please come forward and sit on the front pew, which we don't sit on the front pew. We sit on the back pew. Mm, um, that's right. <laughs> and, and yeah, the guy I was standing next to singing, he like nudges me with his elbow, like, like go up there, go up there, man. Go up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. like I, I just time's looked up. at him I'm like, this, yeah, it's, time's up, it's your there. turn. Let's go. Like, right. like, I, and I, and you, I, I straight you, up, you I there. turned around and I walked to the back of the, I walked out of the aisle. So he thought I was going to go up and I walked to the back of the, oh, the back yeah. door and stood back there and just kind of looked at him. And I was like, why are you like pressuring me to do that? Like, yeah, I'm not, not, I'm not there yet, you know? And, and that's, that's an important thing too, is, is people have to be people have to be ready to accept Jesus. They have to be ready to change their life. They have to be ready, right. you know, but you also don't have to be perfect to accept Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't, have, you don't to have, you don't have to be perfect to be baptized either. No, absolutely but, not. I mean, it's more of a, it kind of goes back to what I was, I think I might've said it last time about like Abraham and the promise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, the promise was first. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there's a long, there's a, there's definitely a period of time before, before you go from the promise to an action. Right. And I don't, I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just saying from my point of view, from the way I read it, the way I understand it, I don't think that it's something that, you know what, let's just force everybody right when they believe they get in the water. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. not no. for everybody. And I don't think it should be for everybody. Some people. Yeah, sure. Maybe the eunuch. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, make disciples, then baptize. He didn't say baptize, then make disciples. Right. Right. And, and, <laughs> and discipleship is definitely something that takes, it's a journey, right? Yeah. Cause you're, you're learning, you're sharing that learning, you're right. teaching somebody else. Right. I mean, that's part of that. There's a give and take that goes on sure. and you've already gotten to the point. Oh, I, I understand that. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to be ready to make that, that commitment. Right. And, right. and I would like even say that, you know, the way that we, we, we place baptism 
I mean, at least in the Church of Christ, we placed it on a pedestal. Like it is, you know, you get here and you've made it, right? You've you've made you've made your relationship with God by being baptized, and I and I don't think that's necessarily where it starts. Right. I think it starts with belief. I think it moves to once you mm-hmm. once you believe. Okay, what what do I need to know to take that next step? And right. then how do I that, act on right? My belief? And then through that process, right. we call that discipleship. Right. 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 The process it's like, it's is like okay, I'm in an airplane. And you're telling me to jump without a parachute, mm-hmm. without understanding how to use a parachute. Just yeah. like, here, put this on jump. Right. Like, wait a second. Right. And we I don't worry know, about. I don't know how to actually pull the chute. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. And we worry about people, you know, just wanting to get baptized and get in the water that they don't understand what they're doing. And sure. it's like, well, what if we took a different approach to the the salvation process? What if our process for what if our process in the way that we led people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ was began with helping them to believe, right? Sure. And then and then nurturing that belief into where it is their decision to become a student or learner of Jesus, to where they ultimately get baptized and continue to be a disciple of Jesus. I mean, I think that's what I didn't say last week was that discipleship doesn't stop once you get baptized. It never stops. Well, it shouldn't. I mean, no, it shouldn't stop. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think if, I think if I stopped, you know, gathering together and discussing different topics and talking about different things, yeah. and not yeah. reading, I, I think you would just instantly, if you, if you stop doing that, you start falling away, right? It's really easy. It's really easy. If you stop reading your Bible and you stop talking to someone else who's a believer and you start just doing your own thing, it's right. really easily just to fall into like a slippery slope of, ah, I can do that. It's no big deal. Back into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm a good person. It's no big deal. Back to that person. Yeah. Right. Ah, it's no big deal. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. That's uh that's a big. Well, it's a really easy thing to do. Yes, it is. You're basically making yourself your own God or you're making God into a teddy bear. Right. 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 That's all right. He loves me. We're good. Are you wondering what time it is? It is 832. Even yeah. ways to, you know, improve. Hey, and, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, let us know what you think. Um, drop us an email, a comment. That number. Uh, that number is let's the church's number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you can still, drop, drop, us an eel. drop us an eel. Uh, send us a DM on Instagram. That's yeah. probably the easiest way to do it. Just find us on Instagram at uh, the.back.pew. But I also did this this week. I got us a link tree. Ooh. So all of our all of our, our Facebook, our Instagram, our podcast episodes are all in that link tree. And it's right in our bio on our Instagram. So you can find it pretty easily and on our Facebook page. And you'll be able to find it. Yeah. The.back.pew. Yeah. There's dots in between the back pew. Just remember that. Just there's remember lots of dots. There's lots of dots because uh, somebody else already had <laughs> the back pew, just one phrase. So you had I had to dot, be creative. Dot, dot, back, dot, pew, dot. Dot. Like, dot, <laughs> dot, dot com. <laughs> wow. No, but, only yeah. like So just click on our link Don't tree. Worry. It'll be right there in the, in the description. And click you can our link tree. Come and follow us. And yeah, we, so this is Justin. Thank content. you. We, <laughs> <laughs> this is Justin. Thank you. This is not Justin. No, that's Nick. That's Justin. I'm pointing at him right now. Oh, here I am. I was just, you know, saying goodbye, right? Yeah. This is Caesar. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us. 
however you may be listening to us, wherever you may be listening to us. This is and Justin, thank content. you. <laughs> and this is Nick, and we will see you on the back pew. Thanks again for listening to the back pew. My name is Nick, along with Justin and Caesar. We just want to remind you that if you want to stay up to date with all of our content, and you want to know when the latest episodes drop every single week, you can go ahead and hit that plus button. And if that's not enough for you, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook for new weekly content. All that can be found in the link in the description. So remember, stay faithful. We'll see you on the back pew.